This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Okay, listen. Uh, relationships are a very strange ground, right? I mean, you meet each other and you are hot and he is hot and the flirtation is happening and you know then you continue and you get to know each other oh you like the same music oh you went to the same university different times wow remember this lecture just the nice things then life starts creeping in where you start realizing that this person might not be as independent as you'd like them to be. They may not have cut the umbilical cord at their big age. We're talking about mama's babies. And what happens when you're dating one? baby. These are just some of the not so endearing terms used to describe men usually who are particularly close to their mothers. And look, a strong maternal bond, that's a beautiful thing. We all know that's where you come from. That was your first hotel for nine months. We get it. But it can sometimes present challenges when it comes to dating. Okay. So, I mean, that is an 80s classic. What does that mean? And so when you think about the complexities of dating a mama's baby, hey, we've heard the stories, right? I mean, a person who calls their mother multiple times a day, seeks her approval for every decision, can't make a move without her impact. And at first you might think, okay, this is quite sweet, right? I mean, this is a person who loves his mom, looks after his mom, etc. But after a while... Are you dating the person or are you dating the person's mother? All right. So let's talk about it in the context of the mother-son relationship. And let's talk about it into the context of the mother-daughter daughter relationship. And, um, yeah, the definition of a mama's baby. Have you walked this path? Have you had to compete with somebody's mother for their affection, for their decision-making, for their focus, for their attention, yeah, for their um the, the money that they should be taking you on dates to Dubai and they're doing things for their mother instead. I wonder what your view is. Dudun Tlamati Madoncel, it's lovely to talk to you. Welcome. Good afternoon, baby. Your topic. <laughs> you know what's so interesting, hey? The very same women who complain about mama's babies, yet they have sons themselves. Yes. And, you know, it's so hard for them to let go of their sons. Now yeah. we understand what the boy is going through. But you know what's so interesting, buddy, is that I was reading somewhere this morning that 50% of adult boys now live with their parents all over the world. Wow. Because of tough economic times. So I think, you know, this perception of uh, this thing about mama's babies, I think we're going to still see a lot of them because a lot of them will still have their parents' voice echoing in their heads for a very, very long time.
I mean, you're describing a couple of things, right? You know, if because of tough economic times, you are living at home with your mom, is it not possible to still be an independent person, an independent thinker? Yes, you may have that dependence because you're living under her roof, but come on, surely there's a delineation between that and what we're talking about, a mama's baby. Yes, there's a difference. Mm. And and I think we have to define what we mean by mama's baby. Yes. So, you know, people just look at this attachment, be it that the son is deeply attached to the mom or the mom is deeply attached to the son. But what happens is that when kids are young, they go to the parents to help them regulate, right? So mm. there's a study that says, you know, ideally you should be sleeping with your kids until they're seven. Mm. I'm still trying to get my mind out of bed. He's still closer <laughs> than three. Um, until they seven, because that's how they regulate, right? You know, be it a nightmare or any emotions that are not so pleasant that they go to sleep with. Um, and they found that, you know, typically mama's babies is not necessarily whether a boy is still using the mom in their adult years in order to be able to regulate. But sometimes the mom used the child so much to regulate that she's not able to let go of that because she actually has an emotional dependency to that. So, if you understand in terms of, so I, 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 my view is that there's a skipped development stage, right? And mm-hmm. that stage is probably after the age of seven, where you learn how to regulate yourself. And it could be skipped because the parent never allowed you. You know, they were so all over you. Um, they didn't allow you to make your own decisions. So you became almost like intellectually paralyzed in that department, the older that you got. But you could be independent of your parents, um, even if you live with your parents. It's just recognizing as to what causes the attachment. Sometimes it's a healthy attachment. You just love your parents. You love your mom. You have a good relationship. You know, you communicate well with your, with your parents. Mm. Or sometimes it could be that you're really using the parent to regulate or the parent is doing, the other, uh, uh, is doing it the other way around and you do not know how to put a boundary up. Sure. Yo, I mean, my next question is, is it a bad thing to be a mama's baby? It sounds like it is. <laughs> Well, it's not a bad thing, but it it robs you of a lot of development stages. Mm. When I say bad, meaning that if a guy's a mama's baby for the rest of his life, has he broken any law? Has he caused anyone pain? Most probably not if there's no partner involved, right? But for example, Mm. in in terms, you know, there's this saying you'll hear, they'll they'll talk about the baby guy's bomba to say that he can't even buy himself a home even when he's married without consulting his mom, without Uh-oh. waiting. I actually know a story where the woman actually divorced the man because they actually found a house, they loved the house, they wanted to move into the house and he couldn't put down the deposit until his mother comes and gives it a go-ahead mm-hmm. to say you can move into this particular house. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes a problem because other areas of your life suffer because of the fact that you have the strong dependency or the opinion of somebody else override any other logical decision making that you could make on this planet because Mm -hmm. you're so dependent on their opinion Mm -hmm. so whether it is wrong or not i think for me it is if it's interfering with other parts of your life if you cannot fully develop as a human being because you're still um dependent on your mom in order to make decisions or to regulate as a human being then I think you need to look into it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the number to dial is zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. If this is something that you recognize, if Bomma are 
absolutely controlling your life in your partnership and you can't move forward. Tell us about it. Um, and let's speak to Dudun Tlabatima Donsela, who's our relationship coach, all about this. So we're talking about mama's boys. That's really where we see it a lot, right, Dudu? Do, mm-hmm. we, do we see it with women and their mums? You see it women. Um, there are some women where, yes, they are very uh, attached to their moms to the point where it interferes with their relationships. I mean, you know, in the African customs, they even put rules around how to prevent a mom from interfering with the relationship. The mom can't be in the same room as Mkwenyana. You know, it's not because, you know, something bad will happen or something bad will happen to your marriage. It's simply because they were allowing the girl to be independent. And and because a lot of, at that time, a lot of girls got married at a very young age. Mm. You know, you were still developing as a human being and also still attached to your parents. And it was allowing you to be able to form your identity outside your parents. Mm. You do find that. And the interference is really, really the same to the point that it could break relationships. But you can also find that a lot with girls and their fathers. Yes. uh, Because he's the first hero, the first person, the first man who set the tone for you. And especially if they have a very good relationship. Mm. And it's also up to the father to let her go, just like she also needs to let go of the father. You know, you often see this thing people on twitter have time eh? and i suppose i'm also one of them because i'm reading it all the time but <laughs> <laughs> so if there's a scenario dudu where uh so they say you you as the woman are standing in the house and uh-huh. your father says sit down you're not going anywhere uh-huh. and your husband says get in the car we're leaving uh-huh. who do you listen to you listen to your husband. You make the decision to get married. Mm-hmm. And, and, and actually, you know, I, like, I guess the question, I understand where the question comes from, but it's phrased wrong because now you're listening as if you're some entity that yes, is controlled by the men yes. in your life, you know. Um, mm. But in terms of, you know, in that instance, who do you give preference to in terms of your voice, mm. in, in terms of their voice? Mm. I guess it would be your partner. And, and there's many reasons why. One, first, you made the decision to leave your home. Whether you look at it from a religious perspective, you look at it from a traditional perspective, or just from a practicality perspective. You made the decision that I'm going to enter a partnership, and this is a joint partnership, and, and for it to work, we make joint decisions, mm. right? And what is best for my family. You actually have a new family now. Right. So... Sometimes the interests of your parents are not necessarily the interest of your family. And yeah. sometimes the interests of your family are not are not for your own best good. And hence, your, sometimes your parents have to intervene in that instance, especially if you're being abused um, or anything of that sort. But I think, you know, where you are able to tell that, you know, this is healthy and it's important for my family. I think there is a need to be able to prioritize your partner. And the reason why is that if it had to happen to you the other way around, so if you've ever been in Makoti and then now you have to change your persons because his mom gave that opinion because now he's listening to your mom over you, it would deeply hurt you. So Mm. you have to think about it to say, if I exercise this and I decide to go with my father, what would it mean for my marriage? And if you feel it has negative consequences, do the thing that you think would yield the best result for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's speak to Garabo in Woodmead. Um, we're talking about mama's babies. How do you and should you cut the cord when you're dating somebody who is still connected so deeply, can't make a move, can't make a decision uh, without consultation of their mum? 0861 987 000. Hi, Garabo. 
Baby, welcome back. We've missed your voice. Thank you so much, my darling. Thanks for taking my call. Mm. So I just wanted to throw a spanner on the wheels. Okay. Um, I don't have... So we all don't want a mama's boy. And we all... There's the leaving and the cleaving that we all preach, you know, amongst the girlfriends, etc. They've yes. left while they're still cleaving. Mm. But my thing is, I'm a mother of boys. Am I raising mama's boys? Mm. I know you're also a mom's boy. Um, yep. And, and so are you, right? Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I understand. Here we are, three of us, the problem. <laughs> yeah, we could be the potential problem, right? So now it's far removed and we're not there where they are married, etc., etc. Sure. But I pray for myself because I think I would be the that uh, overbearing uh, mom, the niggling one. And I'm thinking it's for their good, but... I need healthy boundaries, right? 100%. And I, I need to teach and practice and, and, and know what those look like and what they, those are. But one thing my son said that was interesting, he said, um, Sean Mkiza's son, I'm forgetting his name now. Mm-hmm. The soccer player. The, the soccer player. Yes. So he's, he's a rich kid. He's not a mama's boy. That's how they refer to him. But kids like us, for example, that are middle class, they're called mama's boys, which is a bit unfair. That's interesting. So Andile, because he's exposed to so much money, he's a rich mm-hmm. kid. He's a but rich kid. us who still have to hustle for our boys, mm-hmm. we're raising mama's, mama's boys. boys. Okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I think we must delve into, Dudu? The characteristics yeah. of the mama. So so <laughs> now we're talking about mama's boys and to help Garabo and to help me and all the other boy moms out there. Let's talk about the characteristics of the mama. How does that actually become a mama's baby situation. Garabo, thank you very much for your call, my darling. I think every parent, well, every mom, I think I know of a boy mm. or even a girl, right? Every parent that looks at their child sees a legacy, right? And sees a legacy in terms of, you know, I'm going to impart these values. The family name is going to continue. And also, if you have money, you seeing somebody who's going to continue with the generational wealth of mm. the family. So you're seeing a legacy. So what typically happens is that, you know, you look at this person and you say, would I be happy? Like, for example, in my instance, would I be happy that some random girl from nowhere who has done nothing constructive with her life steps into my son's life? The and then judgment already so just from that statement. Yo, some random and girl. <laughs> and okay. I've worked so hard to equip him to be able to thrive in life. And that's why my son is also demonstrating, you know, that he's thriving. Would I really be happy? with the fact that um, some other girl just comes into his life. Just two seconds, because my little baby, I'm on a call, ne? Ne? Okay, hello, bye-bye, ne? Yeah, okay. (laughs) So anyway, sorry about that. So would I be happy with the fact that I've built this legacy and now this legacy just disappears because somebody has made a bad decision when it comes to selecting another, right? So, but for example, I would put systems in place in order to protect that. So I would put a trust in place because I can't dictate to this person who he will marry ultimately. It's his decision to make and I hope I make I influence him enough in life for him to make a good decision. But there are some, so when you ask who is the mother, Mm. this is the mother who cannot let go of the fact that there are some things that are just beyond their control. So even as an adult, they still want to control that part of his life. Can you hear me? Because it's gone very silent. Okay. Okay, Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's, that mom wants to control that part of his life because she just doesn't, she, she can't see him herself letting go of the fact that, you know what, it's beyond my control. Maybe let me put other mechanisms in place. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, I get that. So somebody who wants to control, that's that's the thing, right? Can I tell you another thing that keeps coming up? Single moms. Single moms, honestly, like you may as well just grow devil's horns because (laughs) like what in the abomination are you? And then... Uh, so that's that's on the one side that single moms get blamed a lot for being these um, mama's baby makers. And mm-hmm. then also the issue, which is a real issue, of then leaning on your son as kind of a proxy husband or partner. Yes. Yeah. So let me give you an example. And we've seen this, especially in the 70s generation. I'm sorry if I'm going to hurt them, but I'm really going to hurt their feelings. Not even 70s, probably 70s and up. You saw this with the migrant labor system. Dad leaves home. Dad goes and works in Johannesburg. The eldest boy is left to be the man of the house. Mm. The eldest boy, because he's stronger, he can carry wood, he can probably even go and find a job nearby to help support the family. And that boy is elevated into the hero of the family. And the mom also leans into this boy because also she's a human being, right? Mm. You probably left this vulnerable woman with three or four kids She also needs emotional support and the son comes with no judgment because this is my mother. We don't have a romantic relationship. I do not have the kind of expectation a romantic lover would have on the son. So you experience the most purest and unconditional love and unconditional support from your child. And if you are not conscious of it, you will not be able to let go of that because of the fact that you are also responding to your emotional needs. As much as as it might be damaging to him and probably damaging to his future family. Yeah, a lot of healing, a lot of therapy, a lot needs to happen to be able to to break that cord. And, you know, the, the level at which you are so connected, um, then when somebody else comes in, the the girlfriend, the wife, I mean, the expectation on her mm-hmm. to penetrate that. Yes. Yes. But, I mean, to heal that, to penetrate that, to sever that, that's huge. So when we come back from the headlines, let's talk about some of the characteristics to identify whether, um, you know, you're in a scenario with someone who's a mama's baby. And then, you know, there's that philosophy that you must choose yourself. So up to where do you allow this to happen in your relationship before you start choosing yourself? All right, Dudu. When we come back from the headlines, Dudu Ntabati Madonsela is on the line with us. Um, and we're talking about mama's babies. You know me and the gender thing. I don't like to say mama's boys or mama's girls. I, 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 I don't want to say bad things about men because we love men, right? But sometimes that happens, uh, particularly with men and their mothers. Um, and that, co- that cord that isn't severed, even as an adult, you can't move forward, you can't do things, you can't even have a relationship because you're leaning constantly on your mother. Let's talk about it. Power Lunch, Power Lunch with Bobby Memorial. Weekdays, 12 to 3 p.m. We're talking about a person who has not cut the cord from their mother. Um, and, you know, also daddy's girls do apply here or mommy's girls. Somebody who is no, uh, not independent, cannot move, make any decisions, progress in their relationships without the approval of their mother. And what it's like dating such a person. So far in the conversation with our relationship coach, Dudun Tlabadima Donzella, who's on the line with us, we've kind of 
broken down the characteristics of the individual as the mama's baby and then also the mama because I do think that that's important right when you when you are mothering or you know looking at yourself in relation to your children what are those characteristics and so we've kind of put those uh, out there but Dudu let's talk now about if you now are the significant other if you're the person who's entering into this relationship what are some of those first signs that you can see um, oh, I'm dealing with a mama's baby you can see the lack of, um, what is it, decision-making independence. Yeah. This is the person where there's an over-reliance on, um, on their mother when it comes to decision-making. There's also like, almost like, um, I wouldn't say toxic, but um, a codependency relationship whereby, let's say, the mom can drive herself to go and get her groceries, but she has to wait for this boy on a Friday and he has to drop everything and maybe your leg is broken and you're having serious theater, you're going to a theater and you're going to have a serious operation. So this guy now has to do something as simple as get groceries for his mom. So mm. that over-dependency on small things which she could do herself. But I think when somebody realizes this, right? So we all assume that mama's boys know that they are mama's boys. Mm. We all assume that they, and they know that they're in a codependency relationship with their mothers and the dangers that come with that. I think there's a level of empathy, but also this empathy is very difficult if the other woman is not giving empathy. Like I always say, when my son gets to high school, I'm going to divorce him and send him to boarding school because that's the only way I could possibly let go of my son. But it's that consciousness that, you know, the woman needs to have to say, at some point I need to be able to divorce my son, mm. right? And it's a process for the mother-in-law or his mom or whatever you call her. It is really literally a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And also if, for example, she's been a single mom and maybe she was abandoned by the dad, you know, the process will be a little bit harder. Mm. And it's that level of empathy that needs to be applied. Because sometimes you can let go of very good relationships mm. because of the fact that, you know, somebody's still going through the process. That's number one. And I think number two is being able to also draw your boundaries. And being very clear about it. So the biggest reaction women give is that we fight, right? We first fight with a guy. Why aren't you fighting with your mom? You know, it's like, go and fight this battle with your mom. And men will never deliver the message to their mother the way you would desire them to deliver the message. You know, mm -hmm. men will be tactful. They will be soft. They will be delicate with her. You might even feel like he's not delivering the message that you want him to deliver. So you also have to understand that you need to draw, draw the boundaries. And those boundaries are, you know, somebody used to say that, um, you know, you reward good behavior and you, re and, and you ignore bad behavior. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if somebody has planned a date with you or a holiday with you and then his mom has a crisis, you're going to go on that holiday without that person and set that credit card. They will learn the next time that, you know what, this is important to you uh -huh. and I need to be able to show up. Because sometimes talking, talking, talking doesn't help. Right. But, you know, there's a point where the person hasn't emotionally developed. We assume that the adults that we are dating have emotionally developed. And some of them are just adults because their physique allows them to enter spaces that says no under 24, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it just allows them to do that. But they haven't emotionally developed. And how you could see somebody hasn't emotionally developed is that, even when you present something in the most constructive manner, you know, your points are clear. They do not see anything wrong with what you are presenting. In fact, it is them that fights you first before you even have conflict with the mom over this. And that's the point where you have to ask yourself, will I be able to do this for the rest of my life? Especially yeah. when there's finances involved. There are people who sacrifice giving their kids 
good education and making sure their kids are well-fed, you know, there's lights at home in order to go and please their family mm. because of the fact that they cannot say no to the chief matriarch at home. Mm. And you have to make that decision at that time that do I have to carry this guy or carry all the responsibilities simply because he cannot say no to his mom? And is that sustainable in our relationship? Mm. Let's speak to uh, Willie, who's on the line. Hi, Willie. How's it, buddy? Great. How are you? I'm okay, man. Hey. Yeah. Your intro was so was like a double so a double edged sword, you know. What did you feel? Well, I I felt I felt very bad mm-hmm. uh, when you when you just used, you know, the pronoun he, because mm-hmm. you know it reminded me of um, you know the 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 the, the past two uh, affairs that I had, mm-hmm. different girls, you know, who were very much uh, you know attached to their daddies mm. and uh, you know in 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 a long run when when i was you know the first girl maybe i should i should articulate this you know in this way okay the first girl that i was in love with in yes. alex um the father was in exile for some time and then this girl grew up in katlehoon stuff da, da, da. fast forward when the father came back she went he went to 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 fetch the girl mm. and stayed with him with, with her in alex mm. Then um, I then met this lady, we then fell in love. And she said to me, no, but I must wait for my father and stuff like that. Fast forward, when the father came back, you know, you know, there was gun displaying, you know, this, you know, um, rude behavior. And, you know, I, I felt it was unpleasant. To, un- to intimidate you. To intimidate me. Mm. And I, I wasn't intimidated. I, I must tell you, uh, 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 my sister, sure. I, I was not intimidated. Now I was not intimidated. I, I, went, I went deeper, deeper to find out yeah. why is this guy, you know, behaving this way. And yeah. I asked this lady and she refused to, to, to come out, you know, to be yeah. clear to me, to say, no, look, I, uh, this is what is happening, you know, um, you know, in the dark between me and my father and stuff like that. And, you know, because God is not stupid, you know, the father, you know, could go to... To an extent of giving examples like you know a contender and and you know asking palisa do you know sorry for, 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 to, uh, to mention the name do you know what, what is a contender stuff like that you know asking the girl i don't understand what, what you mean saying saying yeah. what that you're not a contender yeah i was a contender in other ways you know and um it went on like that until one day when i went to check here it was very bad you know um, between the legs, you know, because we are on air, it was very bad, Bobby. It was very bad. So hang on, she are you... <laughs> Bobby, I don't think you're getting the story. I think are I'm you getting saying... the story. Mm-hmm. you think they ahead. had an affair yeah. with the father? He was abusing yes. her, yes. Oh, Jesus, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I get I that. I don't know if it was an abuse because, I mean, she was consensuous to the whole thing. And she told me straight in the face that, you know, I, I love my father. Yeah. Because I wanted to know, but why are you are you are, are you so 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 restless? Mm. You 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 seem to be agitated when your father is around here. Fast mm. forward, the second girl in Mirrorlands. Quicker this time, no? I would really. Yes, very very quick. The second girl I met, she was thirty five years old, and I gave her my firstborn boy. And uh, the father started to act, um, you know, to behave strangely as yes, well. Yes. Um, he didn't want me to take my boy, you know, home and stuff like that for my parents to see the baby and so on. And um, 
fast forward in 2008 the mother passed on and then it was now this lady with my two boys you know in the house with with him the father one day the father came in in the evening and um, he, uh, he found me you know you know having a lull with my my girlfriend um he just went straight to the bedroom and you know in few minutes time she came back and you know she opened the the the, the bedroom door you know wildly and then she, she uh, he asked why are you so quiet you guys why are you so quiet? why are you doing and i picked up uh, and the girl was so meek oh my you know gosh. she was so soft she said no hurry at the next she will again you know and and by then we were trying to be intimate me and this this woman so my my you know the central point of these two examples is that we are not soft we are trying to be gentle but um you know um when you are being you are being gentle yeah. you are being taken for an for an advantage no i think bro really the the central point is that there can be unhealthy attachments between girls and their fathers as well we're making yes. the example of mama's babies and I've said it several times that the gender issue is uncomfortable for me to just put it all on men because it does happen for for the examples that you're making as well. And I'm so glad you've brought these examples, really. I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much for bringing them because it there is that element potentially that can also happen, which I think is on the very far end of the scale, right, Dudu, of, of yeah. abuse, of overstepping yeah. of boundaries. I mean, that can also be indicative of what we're talking about. Yeah, and I think we should separate it, right? Yes. There's the yes. mama's baby, yes. whereby it's just an attachment that, you know, it's a bond that just needs to be managed yes. and broken at mm. some point. But, for example, the first girl, her dad was absent. A lot mm. of people who have absent parents, idolize those absent mm. parents, right? You know, the little moments that they had with them, they elevate them into hero status. And obviously it became a very toxic uh, attachment to the point where she now had sexual relations with the father. Mm. The second one is whereby I can understand where the father, you've given her two kids and you didn't marry her. So the father in itself, in himself, he was expressing his anger right. in the fact that you have given my child this is my little girl mm-hmm. and you've given her two kids and you're not marrying her. And no, you come to my house and engage and try and engage in sexual activity at my house. So also that is a different set of issues altogether in relation to the attachment that some people have with their parents. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can see how this can be diluted because, you know, we see things from different perspectives. But I think once we start separating the issues, we can also be able to take accountability. You know, for example, the, the mama's baby, Sometimes, you know, it's, it's the, the lover did nothing wrong. You just yeah. met somebody who's very attached to the parent. Yeah. But in some instances, you know, there are, there are instances where you play a role, like the second part with Willie, yes. where he played a role in how the dad behaved towards him. And, and I'm trying to encourage people to say whenever there's a relationship, um, the, there's issues in the relationship, you know, we must also take a, a step back and say, how are we contributing to this? And, you know, how can we move forward? Because the minute we bundle things as one thing or paint it with one brush, sometimes people don't take accountability for their actions. Sure. Yeah, every time we have these conversations, hey, Dudu, I just think there's so much going on behind closed doors that we just have no idea. People are walking around with stories, with so much going on. Yeah. All right, let's talk about... 
the disapproving mother or the disapproving mm-hmm. father. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever told this story, but I was with somebody once whose father would send him pictures of blonde girls, white girls, Portuguese <laughs> girls, and say, my love, you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle, meaning oh. not as... Oh, when they were settling for you. I'm like this <laughs> nappy head, brown girl, <laughs> don't settle, right? And And... You know, where they wanted to continue pursuing the relationship, it played in the back of their mind that actually they're Portuguese girls out there. What am I doing here? So so the disapproval element, if you don't approve um, or, or you're not approved by your significant other's parents, I mean, do you even stand a chance in that relationship or should you cut the cord? You know, it's so difficult, uh, Pavina, I'll tell you why. Subconsciously, we carry the narrative and the values that we were brought up with. Mm. So, for example, my dad said to me, you can't marry an uneducated guy, right? Even, I mean, I got married at 35. Even at 35 as a grown woman, I was still subscribing to that at the back of my head because that's what I was told when I was growing up. So to say that, do you stand a chance? The person needs to be conscious of the fact this is how I was conditioned. It's not necessarily my story. Because, for example, at, between the ages of 0 and 35, I'd had lots of interactions with lots of different people where I knew that education was not a mark of intelligence. So for me, I could have made the decision that, you know what, I'm actually looking for an intelligent guy, not necessarily an educated guy. Mm -hmm. But because that was sitting in the back of my subconscious and I was not questioning it, I still went with it for many years. Mm -hmm. So the person needs to be able to take a step back. And, you know, Bobby, we assume that, you know, people who reflect, people who have an inner voice, you know, that inner narrative Mm -hmm. usually reflect a lot because you are talking to yourself and it's less than 40% of the population. And we assume the ability to take a, a step back and reflect on your life is a natural thing that happens because you grow up and you have life experiences. There are lots of people out there, unless it is pointed out to them, they actually do not reflect. Yeah. So it's a skill that some people have to develop over time. That's why some people have meetings with themselves every six months. I mean, if I had a meeting with myself every six months, it would be a summary of all the things that have been running in my head for the last six months, right? (laughs) But some people, if they have to have a standstill moment and ask themselves very, very tough questions around how they're living their lives and what they're letting in and what they're letting go. And it's very important. So if for you to stand a chance, it must be that person has reflected on that narrative or that value imparted to them as a child and said, what does it mean to me? Is it still important to me? Because if the person hasn't done that, they're just operating on autopilot. And unfortunately, they are going to make the decision that is pro what the interfering parent is saying. And they sure did. So it it really makes a lot of sense what you're saying. And it's also acceptance, right, Bobby? So we see this also in religion, you know, highly religious people. We see that when it comes to, like, for example, racial dynamics or even class. I think in the black community, you see that a lot now uh, coming through in class, whereby even if the person has reflected on that, on, 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 on this value that, you know, they're questioning, but social expe- uh, uh, acceptance overrides that. Mm. And that's a very, very difficult thing because we are communal beings. We mm. want to belong as human beings. We want to be part of a group. And our fear of being lonely or rejected by a group is so great that sometimes we'll sacrifice some of our happiness in order to have social belonging. When we come back from this very short break, I put up the question, dating a mama's baby, how do you cut the cord? The Azanian says to me, What do women have against our mothers? I was told once, if I had to choose between you and my mother, I'll choose my mother. I've known her longer. 
I've known her longer. Oza. What do women have against their mothers? Let's talk about that when we get back. It's Power Lunch. This is Power Lunch with Bobby Malloy on Power 98.7. All right, here we are. It's Power Lunch on Power 98.7. And uh, we're talking about dating a mama's baby. Back in the 80s, boom, mama's baby. It's a thing, it's an issue. Um, and I suppose the definition of whatever that softness is, is decision-making, decisiveness, being able to have control in your own life uh, is is absent if you have an unhealthily attached relationship to your mama. So Dudun Tlabati um, Madonsela is our guest today as a relationship coach talking to us about what you do if you find yourself dating a mama's baby. So Dudu, what do women have against our mothers, says Azanian? You can't have two Beyonces on stage, eh? Like that's the simple answer. You you just can't have two Beyonces. You get married to be the Beyonce in your house, in your family, you know, to be the chief person in your house. Mm-hmm. So what typically happens is that if somebody's interfering with your space, and I can understand so. Remember, this guy was probably single for most of his life. Mm-hmm. Probably his pots, his cups, his everything were bought by his mom. He probably used to seek deco advice. But now you've now entered. Oh my gosh, yes, of course, of course. He set up his life with this woman, yes. Exactly. And so, you know, he still occasionally reverts back to this woman. And now this woman is now influencing what happens in your house. And you feel like, I can't be the main character in my home. And that, and, and, and typically that is what the fight is about. If yeah. you think about it, it's not really, in very few instances, is it a personality clash yeah. or the woman has issues with the fact that the guy has a mother. Yeah. It is because of the fact that where I feel I need to be the main character, she occasionally steps into my space or sometimes steps into my space a lot. And I feel like this, this territory, I need to be the main character. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It is about the decision that in this new um, narrative that I'm forming as husband or as wife, my partner is the main character. So even mm-hmm. to the, the the question the 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 thing that I said earlier on of you know to choose between your partner and your mother you've known her longer fine but for that period of your life for this that we're building going forward this is the Beyonce that you need to look after I hope you mm-hmm. heard that the Azanian nothing against your mom but she's now <laughs> Tina. She's Tina Knowles in the background putting tassels on our clothes. There's a new Beyonce. Mwekezi, hello. Hi, Bobby. How are you? Great. How are you? Uh, I'm okay, thanks. I, I, I just, I just want to come on, on a different maybe angle, you know. Okay. I'll make an example, right? Okay. I, 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 my partner, you know, I, 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 I was intending to pay a lobola. And, and, you know, the reason why I kind of backed off is yeah. because her mother... Is, is kind of involved in our relationship one way or the other. Mm-hmm. She can't, she can't, she can't make her own decision. So I, I, ju- I just want to know how does one, uh, how, how would you advise one to deal with that kind of a situation? Mm-hmm. That's tough yeah. stuff. Did you? It's therapy. So you find <clears throat> kids who had very strict mothers or who needed their, or strict parents in general, who needed their parents' approval 
tend to not they do things outside the box, right? Because they still need their parents' approval and they still live with that trauma of either being heavily judged or punished or these great consequences if you do things outside the parameters that I've set for you. So check if she probably had very strict parents and she is still stuck at the age of her trauma. And probably if she goes to therapy and therapy allows her to be able to say it is okay to color outside the, the lines. It's okay to step out of the box. And it doesn't necessarily mean because what they're battling with is that if I define my, my parent, am I showing lesser love to my parent? Mm. And they need to understand just because you color outside the lines does not mean that you don't love your mom or you don't love your dad. You know, you still love them, but you are also exercising being an individual. Mm. And I think once that is addressed, then that person will be able to then set the healthy boundaries between her and her mom. You'll find they'll still be very close, but, you know, she will now have boundaries. And and I suspect, you know, in her case, that if she had very strict parents who, who she needed their approval, she's struggling with that. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, uh, when, when I addressed that with her, you know, she'll be kind of like uh, on a defense mode and then we end up not getting to a conclusion or maybe she won't even listen, you know. But I suspect maybe the mother... Because now uh, the mother would even go to an extent of calling me to say, hey, this and that, this and that, you know, and, and I feel like, hey, hey, I'm yeah, you really... in your own relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand but, but, that but, very but, uh, yeah, much. Yeah, 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 and I hope you can have compassion and move through this with her if it is the decision that you want to make. Um, but of course, you know, if am I correct in saying if, if it's too much for you, you can also step away, no? No, you can because, yeah. I mean, this is going to happen for the rest of your life. Remember, the mom has some hard-set um, values yeah. that are ingrained in her. Hard I don't wired. know how old she yeah. is, but she's hard-wired hard a certain mm. way. The only way for her to be able to respect boundaries without the guy feeling like he now needs to disrespect his future mother-in-law is if the daughter sets those boundaries yeah. and exercises those boundaries. And you feel if you feel she's incapable of doing that, then unfortunately, if you do enter the marriage, that is something that you guys are going to struggle with for a very long time. Yeah. Okay, let's take James and Santon. Thanks, Mugetsi, for your call. Hi, James. Hi, Bobby. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. Very interesting topic. Eh? Right? Yeah. What's your view? Um, I always, um, always stand on, on in between because uh, even this, the, the name baby, the, what do we call it? Mama's um, baby. Mama's baby. To mm. me, it's a little bit wrong because what is the definition of a mama's baby? Because it can be also subjective. I, I think what is quite important is to understand um, the background of a person mm. because we, we come from different backgrounds and mm. people. If, if I'm a person who didn't grow up with my mother, it's very difficult to understand somebody's relationship with their parents because I don't have it. I, I don't know it. And also, if you're dealing with a guy who, grew, who was raised by a single parent, and that being a mother, you are, de- you are dealing with a different person also. Are you also dealing with a person who's the only child to that mother? Is that as well, so eh? Mm. Mm. And is it only boy or is there girls there? Is he the first born or is the middle or is the last born? So there's so many factors that, to me, just to say mama's baby, uh, it's a little bit loose. To, to, and also, I've, I've also realized that women in nature and majority, 
they also approach relationships and marriages with that in mind to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take you away from his friends, away from his family, without also understanding what is the dynamics of that family. Are they closed family people? They're always together kind of people? Because once you enter a relationship with that thing that uh, I don't want to deal with a mama's baby, you're going to see things that are not even there. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Until there's something in front of you, then deal with it. So many women fail before they even get into a relationship with a person because already they want to change this person. Already you've talked to your friends that are telling you that um, the mother-in-law, this and that. Approach it with a clean mind and experience it for yourself and understand that I'm dating a a, a guy that was raised by a single parent. Yeah. Thank you, James. Dudu? And I think that's so valid. Yep. You know, uh, but my sentiment is always people let go of people much more sooner than the possibility of something beautiful happening from mm-hmm. that perspective. And, and, and having context, I think, helps. But it also helps if somebody volunteers that context. Because some, sometimes trying to mind read and trying to figure things out, you always come to your own conclusions. So it also helps for the person to have the maturity to volunteer that context to you. But it is so true. You can't take a person as, you know, like, you know, we have templates. You know, in the social media era, if he he drives a golf, then it means A. If he does this, then it means B and that and that. And sometimes we don't sit back and, and, and look at a person holistically. And I think if we do look at a person holistically, like, for example, as much as you might kill me, my brother-in-law, who is the middle brother, was the middle boy in, 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 in my husband's family, he goes to his mom's house and leaves his wife's house and goes and lies there on his sick leave days. Uh, but he's not necessarily a mother's boy, right? He just has a good relationship with his mother, um, even though he talks to his mother 17 okay. times a day. But <laughs> I know he's listening and he's probably uh, <laughs> going to But you know, that, that, I think that that's very interesting. And we have run out of time. But the dynamics of your relationship are individual to your relationship. So say he does that. If you then, as his wife, then also go and chill there for the day. And mama cooks yeah. for us all. And mm-hmm. she has a nicer pool or whatever it is. I think that that's fine. That's what my sister-in-law does. My, yeah. my brother lives 15 k from my mom's house. He takes his whole family to eat at my mom's house. I still don't understand. My sister-in-law even asked my father for money. I haven't asked my father for money in years, but my sister-in-law can be like, you're cool. I'm broke. Just slip and into that slipstream of, Linda, I'm a child of this family. And Hello. it's beautiful and it yeah. works for everybody, you know? Hi, very interesting. Dudu, we've got to leave it there. It's time for the news. Thank you very much for your insights. Dudu and Tlabati Madonzela, relationship coach. How do we follow you? I'm the peaceful one on any social media, media platform. <laughs> That's where she is. Thanks, Dudu. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.